I'm Charlie Tone. I'm Ben Carter, Run Hip Hop with the numbers on Twitter. Use Hip Hop Statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm Dredd to the fifth and I'm highlight the fifth and Hip Hop with his knowledge. Well, our name's Ding Digits and we're on the road to riches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit nice. I think. I, I, Which I, is I a hope, bit nice. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah. Hi, Ben. <laughs> I was about to say a joke. How's uh, we been with Phyllis this week? Ah, uh, okay. I don't know what the joke was. So I'm not in on that, but we'll figure it out later. Uh, I, just, I, I, just, I was just trying to think of one in the moment, and then, yeah, just didn't come. Didn't so come. Like, wanted to make a money joke, but... We'll just keep moving. That's all right. We'll just keep it on. Keep on. Uh, I'm moving. It was just it, keep it moving. It was. It was 41 Didn't degrees. Happen. It was 41 degrees yesterday in Sydney, and I actually had to sleep with the fan on last night. And when you live in Australia, you don't sleep with the fan on when it's 41 degrees. But it did okay, not it was... cool down at all. It was horrible. So I haven't had a lot of sleep. I'm gonna run through some. I didn't listen to a lot. Uh, Zaddy TC. I dro- uh, dropped a project. It was solid. It was, it was a little EP. I enjoyed it. Um, El Camino dropped with uh, Black Soprano family and El Scamino. <laughs> El, yeah, yeah. That's is that a thing? Is that real? Like, I, I haven't been following it. I don't really know. It's a meme, and I've seen regular occurrences of it happening. So yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. El Camino. Don't scam your fans, man. Um, allegedly, allegedly. Um, yeah, the project was okay. It was a bit short, but uh, I mean. Yeah, it was okay. It was it was it was a decent listen. Fredo Bang dropped and it was very boring, very boring album. I did not enjoy that. I put it on uh, while I was doing everything because I mean the albums come out early here in Australia, so we get them like fucking twelve hours before the rest of you guys. So I put it on while I was working. I'm like, yeah, this is not that great. So I don't enjoy that very much. What did I enjoy this week? El Dorado Red dropped. There was a few bangers on that. Hus Kingpin dropped with Ninth Wonder. Um, yeah, man, Hus Kingpin. I think he's signed to Jamla now. I don't know if he was signed before, but it said on the on Spotify he signed to Jamla. So I was. I mean, it, it could just be the fact that it's ninth one. It could be. Yeah, just just came his, out. Could on be just be put on his label. But yeah, yeah. it's good tape, man. It's it's enjoyable. I I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's nothing crazy, but it's Hus Kingpin. Like he just keeps time lyrically. Like he just yeah. So uh, I think that was it this week for me. I don't think I listened to anything else. Uh, a bit of a boring week. How about yourself, Charlie? Well, I was on catch-up from last week, so a few of them I already had on deck to listen to, and it only took me till now to spin it this week. Um, so I've got a few. All right, so The Fly Hooligan and 1-2, Nocturnal Hooli Volume 1. Um, liking 1-2 on the production front, um, really just, um, you know, just a quote-unquote lo-fi uh, to, make, to make life easier, because people know what that means when I say lo-fi. Um, but yes, uh, solid beats, uh, solid um, uh, Defy Hooligan lyrics. First time I've spun both of them. Um, shout to Sumit who uh, put me onto them. And uh, yeah, solid EP. Deshaun Visions with a Z. Uh, thank God for the homies. Don't know whether this is an EP on album or not. It's going to be one of those. And uh, regardless of that, solid project. Can't complain. Husk Kingpin, Ninth Wonder, Super Goat. 
Um, pretty much the same uh, echo as uh, Ben, uh, to be honest. Um, first Husk Kingpin record I've listened to, um, and I'm pretty, pretty calm, pretty solid. Can't complain. Not really too much. Uh, not really too much complaints on that one. Uh, ninth Wonder, obviously the Goat, anyways, or the Super Goat, as the album says. Um, so solid. Um, Arrested Development, Bullets in the Chamber. Crazy good album, absurd album right here. Absolutely outstanding piece of work. Um, it's over, I was saying over like uh, 70 something minutes. Um, it was extremely long. I didn't realize how long it'd be, but then then again, I just saw the 21 tracks on Bandcamp and uh, took to and did the math. And I was like, oh, it's nearly over 70 minutes. But with that said, it goes along like a dream. I really enjoyed the whole listen. Um, great features all over. Soul Messiah, uh, Configure, who um, he hails from Newcastle, um, EP'd this record as well. So, uh, uh, well, yeah, Configure and Speech, um, obviously Speech, the leader of um, Arrested Development. And yeah, shout out to Configure on that front. Um, just a dude from Newcastle, now uh, just working with Arrested Development on a continuous basis. Really good stuff. Um, features, Sky Zoo, uh, I'm trying to just read the thingies here. Uh, Chuck D was on there, Grandmaster Kaz... Uh, shout out to April So Lyrical, who's like kind of, uh, well, I saw her when she was with Arrested Development Live, and I'd really just loved her on, uh, just listening to her live. Obviously, Farida as well, shout out to Farida. Um, and yeah, her, her performance on For Free was so good. That was probably my favourite track out of the bunch. I really love that. Um, really good stuff on here. Sarok as well, on God Bless You. Interesting lyrics on one of them. Um, just a weird... Weird case of uh, of uh, of a uh, anti-Semitism kind of vibes on that one. If I'm reading the lyrics, to be honest, um, so yeah, a bit weird on that one. But um, yeah, apart from that, really good record. Shout to Speech, constantly just carrying this, and uh, he does it in such a way that is so embracing. Um, so shout to him on that one. Uh, Kikadi and Sano, um, pretty solid. Can't complain. Um, kind of gives off mixtape vibes. Um, but apparently you can't, um, not like, um, a piece of work according to Kid Cuddy, so, um, I will refrain from the you, rest of yeah. that. Don't, uh, you be careful, bro. Just be careful, careful. now. Just, just, careful. just be careful. Careful. You can't, guys, you can't like, not, can't not like stuff. Yeah. Um, can't, but there was, um, I think it was, um, I think it was like a Mr. Rager track on there. I forget what it was, I forget the t- uh, correct, uh, track on there, but that was a, that was a top one for me. Uh, Umi, U-M-I, Umi, uh, Talking to the Wind, um, outstanding, just, uh, R&B artist, really love her vibe, and this is a solid EP as well, uh, definitely one for the long list, uh, Not the Singer, a new I could, um, just some random one I was put onto via an IG-sponsored post, and I like the sound of it, it was kind of just, um, some, you know, liquidy drum and bass, and I'm here for that, and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty solid project, about 40-some minutes, and lastly, Keon Harold uh, with Foreverland, um, if you've uh, not, if you've, if you've not heard of Keon Harold, you've definitely heard of um, the stuff he's worked on over the years. Amazing producer, amazing just a uh, um, artist in general, multi instrumentalist, and he is just everywhere when it comes to modern R and B. Common, Robert Glasper, P. J. Morton, Laurent Vula, Malaya on here. 
Um, amazing piece of work all over this record. Um, it's actually very jazzy. I would say it's more of a jazz record than anything, um, which is right up my alley. But there's ton, uh, even judging obviously by the features, ton of R&B and soul elements going through. But um, for me personally, it really just screams jazz record because there are just so many elongated uh, moments throughout where it's just, just Keon Harold on a trumpet just going off or um or just some solitary keys it's just really freaking nice to listen to so yeah shout out to Keon Harold on that front and when I said uh we get into our uh topic for this episode which is a slight continuation or a slight backtracking so to speak of um our cool G rap episode from last week if you haven't spun that obviously go spin that or don't because we're gonna do good <laughs> to cool G rap and DJ Polo which was um which uh preceded um Cool G Rap solo career, and uh, yeah, um, I personally enjoy the albums, I know Ben's going to say some stuff about them, and that's fine, um, there are very questionable lyrics throughout the, throughout these three albums, um, and I'm sure Ben will shout them out uh, when and if needed, um, but I personally, just to, just to say, love the vibe of them, I like listening to them overall, um, on the third album there's one of my favourite storytelling tracks of all time, um, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But before that, Ben, what have you got for us for this one? Yeah, I mean, the legacy of an MC like Cool G Rap can be traced back to his first three albums with DJ Polo because they were pivotal records in hip-hop history. And though history doesn't look as fondly upon them as they do Eric B. and Rakim's collaborations, they have within them some of the greatest hip-hop music ever released and some of the most influential. DJ Polo and Cool G Rap were introduced to each other via Eric B. Now, G Rap told Vibe he knew Eric B.'s brother Ant live, and as soon as he was introduced to Eric B., the link-up with DJ Polo was inevitable. Eric B. thought that he was incredible, so he introduced the two to each other. And Cool G Rap said in the, uh, the Vibe interview, I knew of Polo and Polo knew of me. Right from there, Polo just took me to Marley Miles' house. After I went to Marley's house for the first time, I never went to the block again. Now, the Juice Crew is very fascinating for how the creative relationships began to develop as it progressed. So when Kane came in, he immediately got to work with Biz, creating their incredible collabs. Biz and Shantae collabed. MC Shan kind of did his own thing. Craig G kind of floated around. Traj locked in hard with Marley. Um, G-Rap was paired up with DJ Polo. In the later years, um, you know, G-Rap has been, and I would say slightly critical of DJ Polo's influence on their first three records, a trend I've sensed through the oral history of the Giancana story that we spoke of last week. And researching this episode and his relationship with DJ Polo, it doesn't seem like G-Rap had a whole lot of respect for DJ Polo and his own producers. He told David Ma this, me and Polo was a group, but he was a DJ, meaning he didn't really produce. For an album to get done, G-Rap is the one doing the work. It's not like Mob Deep, where we both spit rhymes and Havoc makes the beats and it's both of us. It was a little unbalanced. In an interview with uh, Werner Von Wallen's hip-hop blog, which is a good hip-hop blog, by the way, uh, Google that, G-Rap got even deeper into the criticism. And he said, but Polo was a DJ. He wasn't a producer. It, wouldn't like, it wasn't like he would always come in with all the tracks. So it was like the workload was really just G-Rap's workload. You understand what I'm saying? Like the songs would get done, all he'd have to do is add some cuts and scratches to bring them to shows. So Polo is very difficult to get hold of for an interview. So his perspective is quite lost in this story. 
which I think is a little bit sad. You know, G-Rap's quite a, an outspoken person, and certainly during the uh, the oral history of the Giancana story, I think that Red Bull did that. So if you want to read that, it's a fascinating insight into G-Rap, the way he feels about things. I thought that the back and forth they had with his two producers was incredible because, you know, they were saying some very logical, rational things about G-Rap's, the way that he was, the way he was talking to them, the way he was treating them. G-Rap doesn't address it at all. He's just like, yeah, everything was cool. Everything was chill. So, you know, I find that interesting. It's a bit, as I say, it's a bit sad that we don't get Polo G's perspective on this whole thing. Even the people around him don't speak about him that often. Like MC, MC Shan references him occasionally in interviews, but no one really dives deep into the role that DJ Polo played on these records. One thing G-Rap alluded to in the interview with uh, Werner Von Wallen, I think explains the importance of DJ Polo's contributions. He said, I think Polo had more of the commercial flavor to him. Polo had a great ear for what would work generally, like mass audiences. Whatever track he would track, that was that's a weird quote, whatever track he would track would be the track. <laughs> that's a terrible quote. I don't know what G-Rap was talking about in that one. Whatever track he Say would track. Say that fast, please. Whatever track he would track would be the track that was a little more mainstream. Potentially, I was high when I wrote that, so that may not even be the right quote. <laughs> I'll I'll go back and research that one a little bit. <laughs> May have fucked that one up. But basically, what he's saying is, you know, I would imagine, for example, he Polo had something to do with choosing the sample in James Brown's "The Funky Drummer" for their first track. It's a demo. Now, "Funky Drummer" has been sampled 1,842 times on Who Sampled, and Cool G Rap and DJ Polo were the second to ever do that. Only MC Quick Quinton and MC Mellow J beat them to it, who I've never personally heard of, and maybe that's a blind spot in my knowledge, and, you know, I might be fucking up there. But their track, The Classy MCs, didn't really go anywhere. But obviously, Cool G Rap and DJ Polo's first track was incredible. It hit. So as soon as they recorded the track, Marley Mal brought G Rap straight into Juice Crew on the spot. The track was recorded in his living room, and it was just the second ever single to drop on Cold Chillin', which I find amazing, right? So Cool G Rap was Cold Chillin'. He had the second ever single to drop and the last studio album to drop on the label. Like, he was dedicated to that label. He doesn't talk about it very often, and it makes me wonder, like, maybe. You know, the situation was just so great that he just, like, he doesn't talk about it in interviews. He doesn't really talk about it that much in his music. There's no, like, cold, chilling shout outs, that, that many of them. So, yeah, man, I just think, yeah, he was definitely, like, the label. Um, and so G Rap said that whilst It's a Demo didn't set the radio on fire, it was blowing up at local shows. DJ Polo's influence cannot be understated. G Rap told Uncut Magazine that he was just 17 when they recorded the track and he had no concept of how to make an actual song. All he knew how to do was rhyme. Marlon Marlon and DJ Polo helped him craft a really essential song and create a fucking career out of it. So they popped up on Mitch, Mr. Magic's Rap Attack show in 1986, premiering the song. And that's another thing about the juice crew that you gotta remember Marley Mile had everything on lock man he even had a fucking radio show to bring his artists up like that's just legendary the success of their initial offerings meant that a debut collab album was a formality and they began working on it and honestly it's not the craziest come up story ever you know as I said earlier I think it's a bit disappointing that there's not a lot of DJ Polo information out there he's very difficult there is a DJ Polo who's British who's clearly more successful presently than DJ Polo from the 80s is because when you google dj polo interview it's just this random producer from the uk so you know it's 
not the easiest to get info, but we get their debut album, Road to Riches. The Road to Riches, uh, which is probably, as albums go, uh, I would say the first three tracks are just, just perfect, absolute freaking perfection. Like you've, if you've listened to, um, if you, if you, if you're like me. You grew up on GTA San Andreas. You know Road to Riches. You've heard that beat. You've heard that banger. It's a demo banger. Men at work banger, right? And it doesn't and it doesn't really stop there. Like I'm just saying that free track stretch is just iconic to me personally. But the whole album to me doesn't really just it doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop being fun. Um, it's it's actually I think dramatically different. Um, compared to the other two, um, which I'll probably, hopefully, explain past that uh, when we get to them. But this one just comes off comes off as super fun. Um, even like the uh, the sample in Cars, obviously Gary Newman's um, car, uh, Gary Newman's single Cars, classic track. Everyone knows that song, right? And the and their version of Cars here is also really fun to me. Um, she loves me. She loves me not. Is kind of fun to me. Uh, love is pain left out in the rain with nothing to gain but teardrop stains. Being haunted by memories, I think back the things we used to do and how we used to act with love and trust, passion and plust. Uh, is that a word? Plust? P P P L U S S E D? Plust? Anyway, uh, because a pride never kept things inside, yeah, there was always disgust. Between us, never argued about, and I never gave a clue for you to figure it out. It's just, I don't know. It's, I, I, I really like this album. Um, I don't think it stops being good um, at any point. Um, there's not really... It's 11 tracks. It's super tight. Um, and, yeah, it's just, uh, it, I just... I just enjoy it, bro. <laughs> it's just a really good li- a really good listen to me overall. Yeah, I mean, this, this album is often considered as the genesis of mafioso rap, a subgenre that would go on to dominate the mainstream hip-hop from... Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 94 to what? 99, you reckon? Mafioso rap? Like, 50 Cent kind of brought it into the 2000s, but like I feel like that was when it was its most ubiquitous. Um, sure. The, t- the title track was a song that really blew DJ Polo and Cool G Rap up. Cool G Rap told Uncut... The song on the album, the streets gravitated to it as soon as it dropped. I think people were already checking for me because of the singles I released ahead of time. So dudes was already looking out for the album. So the first day my shit dropped, we were driving around and I was hearing my shit banging car after car. And then he laughs because it's just, it's, you know, he talks about this a lot. He's like, I can't believe I blew up the way I did. And he did, you know, he blew up. The title track, which was released well prior to the album, really began to introduce this new persona that G-Rap was pushing. He said in numerous interviews, his lyrics are not meant to be taken as purely autobiographical. He has seen and experienced plenty of hardship growing up, but he also likes the storytelling aspect of rap. And he's told interviewers because he likes movies, he tries to incorporate that kind of fictitious storytelling into his music. So it creates quite a jarring listen because G-Rap was the originator of this style in the mainstream. It's very jarring to hear a 1980s rap album with some of these lyrics years before shock rap, for example, would really take hold through 3-6 and early Big L. Um, 
I guess we get to the track Truly Yours and the story behind it. So Cool G Rap isn't too fond of talking about it, probably because he continued to display bigoted behavior right up until at least 2012 in the uncut interview. I'll read that section out. They said, what happened with the radio boycott over Truly Yours? Now, this is where... (laughs) So I write these episodes ahead of time, right? I don't know what the story is going to be before I write it. Sometimes it takes me days to get the story. And that's frustrating because it's just like, where's the angle here? Like, what am I doing? I thought everything was chill until I got to this point. So anyway, 2012. Remember, this 2012, this interview, uncut. G-Rap says, the other community, in inverted commas, he put inverted commas, got a little sensitive behind it, and I heard they boycotted one of the stations in California that added the record into rotation. They snatched my record off the air, they snatched my album off the shelves at a real crucial point in my career. I might have had a gold record with Road to Riches if it wasn't cause of that. But when I constructed the record, I wasn't trying to single no one out, it was just me having fun with a record. None of these lyrics are fun, G-Rap. This is a huge problem, at least in my enjoyment of these records. I'm not going to read out the lyrics to Truly Yours, but if you genuinely feel like this is a fun track, a light-hearted track, a joke track, it is not. It is like Dave Chappelle saying that he's having fun with the trans community. He is not. He's a bigot. And Cool G Rap's continued disrespect, I mean, in 2012, he called the gay community the other community. Fuck off. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, fuck you and fuck off and he does this on every album he does it on every dj polo album talk like sex on the next album is a truly horrendous song genuinely man i was listening to that and i was texting charlie i was like what the literal fuck did i just fucking hear and that's so you're about to see my (laughs) motivation enthusiasm for this episode go down like a lead balloon because I I struggle. I really struggle with this. So in 2014, G-Rap once again addressed the controversy saying, truly yours got protested against. Certain people, groups of people took offense to it and protested the album at radio stations. That song pretty much got my album pulled off the shelves in the West Coast. Cry me a fucking river called G-Rap. All the protesting was coming from here, from there. I was just being comical. This was a creative side of G-Rap. It was nothing against homosexuals. I wasn't even thinking that way when I wrote it, but some people took it to heart. My contract was more with Cold Chillin' than Warner Brothers at the time, but there was nothing Cold Chillin' could do. Warner Brothers didn't know how to deal with rappers getting protested yet. When Ice-T did Cop Killer, and they started getting flack from that, they decided not to fuck with Ice-T. Likewise, they didn't want to fuck with my album. Their solution to the negative attention was to shelf it. That's basically what happened. That's not a comparison, G-Rap. Completely different situations, entirely different situations, entirely different content, okay? If you're getting protested against in 1989 for being homophobic, you're very fucking homophobic because it was already homophobic back then. It still is to this day. But it's really sad to me that G-Rap continued to trivialize it into the 2010s. And as I said, it's made difficult for me to even listen to this album. We're going to put it to the side for a second. It's very clear why this album set itself apart in 1989, not just for the shock factor of G-Rap's lyrics, which I'm sure was a draw card for some people, but the sheer number of sounds they're exploring on here is immense, bro. The sample flips are crazy, crazy. Some of the craziest sample flips I've ever heard because, you know, a lot of hip-hop back then was sampling funk and it was sampling like 70s funk. This was sampling fucking 80s pop (laughs) it's not common like it was super uncommon um 
it was crazy, man. Like, I, yeah, it was it was wild. You have to remember, G-Rap was a highly hyped up rapper by this point. He'd popped up on the symphony alongside Big Daddy Kane, Creek G and Master Ace, and it skated. He dropped the iconic track Raw with Big Daddy Kane in 1988. Road to Riches was the single, you know, it struck with a lot of people. It, it really blew up. And I think G-Rap performed admirably and propelled this record into the history books as the definitive album of the golden era he was talking to complex about the track men at work and he said that came from the urge to have some crazy lyrical shit there's really nothing else to it at the time nobody had the same approach i had there were other people that were similar but offsprings of g-rap wouldn't come until nas raekwon big pun and papoose hit this i love how he always throws papoose into things i love that um, I don't want to have to go through the whole list of people who credit me as a major influence. We literally did that last week. It's a long fucking list, man. He continued, the first time was just me and Marley. I was bringing everything to him. I was playing the records. I just wanted him to sample. Pretty much my whole first album was put together by me telling Marley, yeah, I want you to loop this and I want you to use blah, blah, blah. You know, so he says the only thing I didn't do was press the buttons. Now he just throws more digs at DJ Polo. It's constant. Polo got credit because he's the one who got me in the game. There was no argument. He's the one that brought me to Marley's house. I'm a loyal dude. So just off that alone, it was going to be Cool G Rap and DJ Polo. That was my man. So yeah, man. And we get a second album, One and Dead or Alive. Yeah. And <clears throat> just to kind of um, nail home a, a lesson for you guys, right? And I feel like I've probably said this before in context of other people, right? This is a case of artists doing things, right? And in this case, it was just, well, amongst other things, such as, uh, you know, sexual abuse to um, to spouses, um, which doesn't include the, which doesn't, uh, isn't involved in this called you out DJ Polo, but... You guys should know that there's alleged uh, sexual abuse from Cool G, from Cool G Rap to Kareem Stephens, also known as Superhead, who did the Vixen books. Just so you know. But my point, I wanted to just to come back, uh, come back around on what Ben was talking about, right? Obviously, I meant to have that uh, three-track run because <laughs> because it then gets obviously to track four, which is truly yours, right? And yes, it is a very jarring lyrical uh diss track uh to uh what is apparently a gold digging ex and drug dealing and apparently homosexual new boyfriend right and you know people have a right to be offended by that right there's there's no there's no you know there's no there's no silencing there from me to say say like oh don't let it get don't need to get the album down, guys. It's just a track, right? If people want to harp on it, they can harp on it. That's fine, right? I choose not to harp on it, um, but it's worth it is if it's worth harping on. Fine, go for it. Um, but this is an overall conversation, right? We literally, me and Ben, were talking about JPEG Mafia um, taking a pic, well, hanging out, quote unquote, right, with uh, with Kanye, right? I said his fans wouldn't care, and obviously it's not the point. Uh, his fans ain't the point, but his fans won't care. Um, he do- he clearly doesn't care. He's clearly just seen him as an artistic idol, and you know that is what it is. I feel like you know some people are built a little bit different to just um, chill out with a Nazi, um, but you know, 
by all means, do you, bro? I mean, you you live your life however you want. If you want to take a picture of Kanye's weirdly now replaced silver teeth, I don't, I don't know what the fuck happened there. I think he got his teeth replaced with no, it was fake, I don't know, titanium or, it was or something. I, I don't know. It just it wasn't real. It, it just looks like he has aluminium <laughs> and just like just just ironed onto his teeth. That can't be. That can't. That can't be nice tasting food, right? Just having. No, it was fake. It was fake news. It didn't. It wasn't real. Kanye came out and said it didn't happen. It was just some bullshit that some random person came up with, and everyone ran with it. It was good to know. Good to know, because fuck me, that's that's absurd. But anyway, my point being, um, whether it is a whether it is a track in this case, a singular track in Truly Yours, or you know the uh, what was it talk about sex in in the in this next album, right? Whether it's one track or a whole album or a whole person's career or way of being, if you have a grievance with that person, with that artist on that particular thing, you are right to. Um, and you are right to not care either, right? I'm not saying I don't care about True Yours. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a major blip and uh, Talk Like Sex is not the best track to listen to lyrically. Um, but yes. I choose to enjoy the albums um, over those, and that's how I, that's how that's how I'm moving I mean, look, on this particular case. We, we had this we had this convo on Twitter the other day where someone was like talking about people who don't want to listen to Kanye anymore, and they were rinsing them and being like, "Whoa, whoa, this got nothing to do with Kanye now." And I just replied, "Bro, let them do their thing. If they don't want to listen to Kanye, yeah, bro, what the fuck? Who cares? An individual. Like everyone. Charlie can Charlie's allowed to listen to DJ Polo and Cool G rap." Totally fine. I'm not going to ever listen to them again. We're still friends. It's okay. Any of them again? None of them again? Okay, fair enough. I'm not listening to these albums ever again, bro. I'm not listening to Cool G <laughs> Rap ever again. I'm done on Cool G Rap. I can't, can't handle it. Look, my problem is if you're going to continue on into 2012... Okay, look, I, I've done dumb shit in my past. I've said dumb shit in my past. Yeah. I'll fully admit mm-hmm. it. And I'll say I'm very embarrassed. Very embarrassed. And I'm sorry if I hurt anyone ever. You know, I was a kid. I was a teenager. I'm not going to continue sure. 20 years later and just be like, oh, yeah, it was just having a little bit of... Do you know what I mean? But that's my perspective. Yeah, that, well, yeah, justification me. is a is a different... Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's an addition to the conversation of, of, for sure. I get you. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, Charles, it's cool. Just do your own thing guys if you want to listen to it i'm not gonna shit on you do yep. your thing people yeah, still exactly. listen to r kelly that's cool if you want to listen to r kelly go do your thing don't play <laughs> it when i'm in the car yeah, yeah i mean in don't jail play when i'm in the car that's a, that's a difference in jail but um yeah i get you i get you <laughs> oh it's different oh. but like you know what i mean just a little bit just yeah. a little asterisk there but you know i get what you mean yes yes you you can yeah just don't put ignition remix on uh, just don't do that just you know Anyway, moving on, Wanted Dead or Alive. Um, I think this is the genesis of uh, where Mafioso Rap came through and not Road to Riches. I feel Road to Riches was kind of just like um, um, just a, a, a litany of braggadocio rap with a mixture of obviously storytelling and stuff like that. I feel this album really just leans into it. Um, a little bit more and it becomes very apparent especially in you know the first couple of tracks streets of new york wanted dead or alive money in the bank with freddie fox like professor bad to the bone like the the mafioso stuff really comes in for me uh in this album and uh, i think sets the plants the seeds of what mafioso rap becomes and this is in 1992 so i think this 
uh, chronologically, I definitely think it tracks. Considering that it took people, you know, four or five years to actually, you know, uh, really dive into this is kind of fascinating that he did this in 1990 um, and it took a while to get there, uh, to get to the heights he got to. But, you know, past that, you have um, um, Erase Racism with uh, Big Daddy Kane and Bismarcky, um, which is a very Bismarcky track, <laughs> to be honest, in terms of just... Uh, Bismarcky just going, hey, 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 Kane, how about you just come in, and then I come in right after, and it's just, it's funny, it's just, it's great. I just love that um, man, man, I just uh, love him so much, <laughs> such a, <laughs> such a cool dude, uh, rest in peace. Guy, such a random dude, Dorothy. Um but yeah, and then, you know, past that, yeah, Call His Back, Play It Cool, Death Wish, The Polo Club, Rikers Island is a very fascinating track, um, not, the f- not how he says Rikers Island, it just... I don't know, something about it that just jars me, right? It's Island! Um, but, yeah, that, that track is that track goes hard for me. Um, but, yeah, there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an album that I think um, is just that. I think it's the, I think it's the genesis of uh, where Mafioso Rap came in. Um, and the next album kind of gets into it even more so, and then obviously leads into the, um, leads into the solo career. So, yeah, this whole thing tracks very nicely if you're trying to, do what we're kind of doing and uh, just uh, marking down where Mafioso Rap came in. Yeah, in the so... East Coast, anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, East Coast, yeah. I mean, Mafioso Rap's a little bit different to gangster rap in the sense that, like... Yes, eyes, yes. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah, this is a bit distinguished. But So, work began on the follow-up uh, with a very different production lineup on this record. Instead of relying solely on Molly Ma, we got production from Eric B., Large Professor, Anton Bismarcky, Cool V, and Cool G Rap himself started doing some production. It was a much more focused record. I felt even the ga- guests tapped into the energy, which I've always, <clears throat> excuse me, I always appreciate. Um, <clears throat> in interviews, G Rap has regularly downplayed Eric B's involvement in the album. I feel like a broken record here. In interviews, D- Cool G Rap downplayed everyone else's involvement in the album except his own. He um, he done like DJs, man. He credits Large Professor with shaping the sound of the album, and I would imagine G-Rap was at least partially responsible for the huge falling out Large Professor and Eric B would suffer in 91 when Large Professor dissed him on Breaking Adams. Um, they did bring on another DJ for this album, DJ Butcher, who we have referenced in the previous episode. Um, massive falling out with him as well at some point in the third album. Uh, I'm not going to even talk about Talk Like Sex, um, the the actual lyrics, but G-Rap told Complex about it. Again, this was a, uh, this was a concept. I had always been a rapper for the thugs, the drug dealers, the goons, and the dudes locked up. I wanted to make something in a different direction. It wasn't meant to be smooth. It was meant to get chicks interested in me in that kind of light, but be funny at the same time. Everything is not always straight-faced or ice-grilling for me. I like to laugh. I like to joke around. I like when other people make me laugh. Concept songs were very important, but I never forced them. I would just let everything come natural. Whatever took over my imagination, I'd just roll with it. But I... Yeah, man, I don't understand how you can say that about that song. There's nothing funny about that track. I'm done. I can't... I'm sorry, man. Go read the lyrics of that song. I can't... Yep. It's an album. It came out. I listened to it. I'm sure Charlie has some interesting things to say about it. Oh, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, oh, no. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's okay. Look, at one point he says, I'm just going to read the lyric, okay? I'm, I'm going to read the lyric. 
I have to because this is what I'm saying, I'm bro. I'm trying so hard to spend the whole episode not referencing the lyrics, and now it's gonna proceed to read the lyrics. It's, okay, this it's is hilarious. this. He, he broke down. He broke down, ladies and gentlemen. Here this is the lyric right. that just like embrace me. Embrace your inner. Uh, I don't know how you want to, what what to designate you on this one, but yes, embrace it, Ben. Embrace this it. This is the one that pulled Talk me straight about out it in vivid detail, please. I texted Charlie about this shit, so I'm listening to DJ Paul and Cool G rap. And, you know, talk like sex, it just gets, it gets worse and worse, filling all three holes, just like bowling. Like, but he gets down to a point <laughs> where he says, I'm pounding you until your eyeballs pop out. I'm not your ordinary player because you'll leave in a wheelchair, dear, after I lay you. Get a good grip on your headboard and hold on to it or get sent right through it. Bite your nipples when I lick them, not gentle when I stick them. I'll leave them looking like a rape victim. Now, what yeah. in God's name is fucking funny about that? Why is that a joke, bruv? Why do you think that's funny? How, what chicks are going to be interested in you over that? That is a disgusting fucking four bars, and you should be fucking ashamed, man. You should be turning up, talking to Complex, and being like, I'm sorry. That was unacceptable. That was not okay. And I have a problem, and I need to go get help for it. And, you know, the stuff Charlie told me on Off Wax beforehand... <sighs> it's linking up with the lyrics, like, and that's what that's when I I the tapped tracks. out. That's when I tapped out. I'm like, I can't do this shit anymore. I don't want to listen to this motherfucker ever again for the rest but of my ben, life. There's more. <sighs> What's more? Is there more? There's more. What in the lyrics? No, in the in in what we're doing here. There's there's there's, there's more sex tracks to come. <laughs> so yeah, man. And this is and this is the epitome, guys. This is this is it. We've said for years. Men suck with sex bars, and Cool G Rap is literally the epitome of that. If he thinks, yeah, this is bad. Like, I, this I, is crazy. This I is, hope this that's. Is, I hope you're elite right. Levels, elite I hope, levels. Of I hope like, Charlie's right because we've been saying Charlie makes a good point. We've been saying for years, men cannot make songs about sex. They're not sexy. They're just aggressive. In hip hop, in R and B, little bit different. R and B, oof. Fuck, man. I'd fuck yeah. some of those guys for sure. It's hot. But... <laughs> in, in Ben's assuming the position to leave for Dan Vandross. Yes. <laughs> so maybe maybe Charles... Maybe that's the point here. Maybe he's just complete... Maybe he didn't mean to say that particular... You know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me. You said it. He's just, it's just... It's just it's, shock, it's shock rap, bro. Like, you I know. know. It's, I it's, 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 I I feel I I I designate it as shock rap, like, but, and he may not even consider it as that. No, That's but, funny but thing, okay, because right? I was thinking, that. I was thinking about Eminem too, right? Eminem never did an I was, interview. Yeah, I was gonna say Eminem. Was Eminem <laughs> never did an interview and said, "Oh yeah, Kim was just me, just joking around, having a bit of fun, trying to turn yeah, on yeah. the ladies." That's what G Rap yeah. said to Complex. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, that's the difference. That's if you difference. come out and say, yeah, I said the wildest, Tyler, for example, Tyler sent interviews, but I don't mean that shit. I said the craziest shit to piss people off and to like be an edgelord. Like Tyler literally said that shit. Right. He didn't say the word edgelord, yes. but like, but G-Rap's yeah. like, nah, it's fun. Just joking around about rape victims, bro. It's cool. It's banner. chill. Banner. It's just banner. Banner, guys. It's banner. <laughs> Sorry to say that word, by the way. We should put a trigger warning at the start of this episode because that's that's an intense word. I'm sorry to say it. No, it is, man. It is. I'm sorry yeah, to say that yeah. word. I just had to read it out. I should have put a trigger warning before I said it, but like, yeah, man. Not cool. Okay. All right. Live and let die. Uh, again, 
a super tight album, and I feel like it uh, really again goes even deeper into the mafioso rap element. Um, and f- and considering I think four, five, six dropped a year after this in ninety three or ninety four, I forget. Um, but it makes sense that just the 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 progress here um, is a very straight line. Um, but yeah, the 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 not sex tracks um, <laughs> in stuff like um, uh, Ill Street Blues, Street Crime. Um, straight jacket, edge of sanities, just straight up horrorcore. Like that's that shit you're gonna hear from, like you said, big L Memphis rappers. That's that's straight from. That's a straight line from there. Um, two to the head with ghetto. Bo- well, with uh, Scarface, Bushwick Bill, Willie D ain't there, so it's, it's it shouldn't be just ghetto boys. Scarface and Bushwick Bill and Ice Cube is so um, reminiscent of America's Most Wanted. Um, is kind of fascinating that. Um, and convenient, I guess, that Ice Cube and Scarface and Bushwick Bill were involved in that. Um, I just feel like that was just a match made in rap heaven of Two to the Head. Absolutely great finish to an album. Um, what else we got? Uh, fucking On the Run. Oh my gosh. On, oh, on the Run is so good. On the Run is so good. So the, 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 the visual the visual storytelling is crazy freaking good. Um it's it's amazing. Now I'm di- now I'm driving. I'm looking looking at my passport. This is verse two. I'm out of here as soon as my ass hit the airport. Loaded up the automatic. I don't believe this shit. I'm stuck in motherfucking traffic. I'm getting nervous as a foxy. Lincoln po- Continental pulling right up beside me. Put down my bitch and then I bent low. Gunfire breaking glass. Bullets. Are, that that's the that's the that's the sounds of gunfire and breaking glass. I'm not. I'm, it's not a lyric. Uh, bullets are flying through my window. The enemy is on attack. Drew the nine and cocked the hammer, and I fired the bitches back. I gotta take my respect. My bullets hit, hitting Italian motherfuckers in the neck. Looked at my bitch, and the bullets uh, struck her. Put in another clip. I ain't giving up on a motherfucker. It's just. It's just. Oh, the visuals are just so good to me. Um, but yes, there are sex tracks here. Um, uh, f- <laughs> Uh, the the one in particular here is uh, fuck you man is um just um just not good just just not good not good um probably and literally the 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 funny not funny thing is is that he mentions talk like sex straight up in the first line since I made the record talk like sex <laughs> he's he's doubling down he's literally doubling down this is crazy since I made the record talk like sex. Bitches are coming up with their friends for a nigga to hit the skins. Hoping the cool G rap was just making rhymes. But I'm leaving bitches vaginas with more stitches than Frankenstein. Graphic. Grim. Just outstandingly grim. But I will say, I personally find Operation CB, um, while it has this, while it has moments of just, uh, uh, can you please not say it like that, um, the, the, the overall... Um, story is very funny to me because CB it stands for cock blocking and it's it's just it's it's hilarious to me. Like he's trying he's trying to get it on with this girl and his roommates like uh, just knocking on the door and he's like I need a drink. <laughs> he's like what the fuck you need a drink for? So I make him a drink. Sends him out. Knocks on the door again. You forgot the ice. <laughs> funny to me it's a hilarious track there are some grim moments in there because of course there is um where, where's the where's oh it's got this one yeah just this bit 
And I was knocking at the door before the bitch hung up the phone. This is verse three. This is this is like another story. He does like a couple of stories. Um, hey, what's up, baby? You know I miss you. What's up? Yeah, that's some shit you gotta say to get your dick into the pussy tissue. I'm just like, eh, can you please not do that? Not let's not say it like that. That's just not. That's just yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a step above. Big Daddy Kane saying, suck the Reflon off your toes. Like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need pussy tissue references here. Don't need that. But I like the overall story. It's very funny to me. Um, but yeah, the overall album, number... Oh, I didn't even say, speaking of Big Daddy Kane, number one with a bullet, tough track. Big Daddy Kane on there, absolutely heater. Um, guaranteed banger on that one. But yes, there are, and also letters as well. I like I like letters as well. It's an interesting track. Um, but yes, uh, two sex tracks for the price of one on this one, and uh, they and depending on your taste. Um, I mean, especially fuck you, man. It's just that's just not listenable. Um, but uh, I, I can I can make a case for Operation CB, but that's just me. But yeah, man, it's a it's it's an interesting album. Obviously, went through um well not obviously, but it did go through legal battles. Um, this is around the same time as uh, Bismarcky's uh, sample uh, sample case. Um, you obviously mentioned Ice T as well. Um, that's what that's how Warner Brothers was involved, and obviously Cold Chilling was connected to Warner Brothers at that point. Um, and uh, I think uh, did um they refuse to distribute this Warner Brothers on this one? Yep, they refused. Um, they they cut ties pretty much with Cold Chilling. Um, and they pretty much refused to drop any hip-hop like literally any hip-hop it wasn't just you know iced tea it was just they're like we can't we're not gonna do it i mean it was a long it was a really long thing it was really convoluted um and it was intense man the cop killer thing was really intense we haven't done iced tea yet i don't think have we We've not done iced tea. I really want to do iced tea because I'm so curious, man. That that wouldn't be a one parter. That's that's a three parter, I reckon. But yeah, it it just completely destroyed the album coming out, and um, that was it, man. Like they they broke up after that. So yeah, the the cop killer tra- thing was yeah it was really intense and stupid, of course. But like, so there we go. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 rare for it's rare. I think. Oh my gosh, we're only forty five minutes in. This has actually been kind of um, uh, uh, efficient. Um, I think it's I think it's partly because Ben doesn't want to indulge too much on this anymore. Um, I think he's I think he's called G wrapped out. Ben tapped um, out. Which is, there's more. There's more. I wrote a lot, but then I just tapped out. So yeah, thanks for. <laughs> I appreciate Charlie supporting me on that. Thank you. Yeah, that's 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 completely fine. Um, no point. No point forcing it. I think you guys get the point. Um, a a legacy of um, hey, I if you if if you remove these the move these tracks of note that we've been talking about, honestly, these would be just like so high on my list. It'll be absurd. But you know, I've referenced album over uh, albums over the years. I mean, we did it with uh, we did it with uh, Big Danny Kane with that one track. Um. Oh yeah. So you know, Big Daddy K still in my top five. That one track was just abhorrent, but um, it seems Cool G Rap had just several of them over his career. Funny enough, less less so in his solo career than yeah. That DJ was Polo. weird to me. I didn't I, really understand. May, I don't that. know. Maybe that was like a case of age, yeah. or or even or even maybe he uh, tried to uh, compromise on uh, uh, you know on on label stuff 
since Warner Brothers refused to yeah. um, distribute his shit, uh, maybe he took that as a hint. Maybe he took a hint and it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to focus on the mafioso tip and uh, uh, less sex bars. That yeah. be that, that was great. And he did. And he that's did. good. But he's still defending them, which is just weird to me. Um, you can say you've grown and you wouldn't you don't you know you don't fuck with those anymore but he just seems to hold a grudge which is you know is what it is i'm 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 personally not a person that like to hold grudges um i like to move on my life and grow and just continue on because that shit will eat you alive but it seems Gorgy rap has still has a uh a bone to pick uh with a lot of uh with a lot of people and that's on him but yeah you know it's a legacy of um well of other legends, considering him a legend, which obviously you know goes uh, goes for itself, regardless of what we say on this here episode, regardless of what Ben thinks, he inspired a lot of artists that we know and enjoy now, um, and that can't be replaced, <laughs> and that can't be replaced, and uh, you know having that moment of um, having that moment of the. Uh, uh, of the gay community, of the LGBTQ community, that we call it now, um, uh, boycotting the whole thing and managing to actually, you know, affect him um, on a from a commercial perspective, um, is, you know, is is like merely a footnote. Maybe it shouldn't be a footnote. Maybe it should be a chaptering, you know, labeled controversies in his Wikipedia page, um, but. Uh, this case in this case is a footnote um lucky for him i guess um but hey um i don't think i don't think the rappers that uh, he inspired really care that much and uh you know that is what it is but you know we are all multifaceted human beings called you rap can be one of the greatest rappers of all time but still have terrible tracks about sex bars and it's not just one of them <laughs> it's not just one of them so we'll leave her that and uh, shift on, shift swiftly on to. Might even finish this episode before, uh, before, uh, before sixty minutes. Uh, go into a liner note if you have anything. Ben. Yeah, man, the Lupe Kid Cudi thing was so lame. Can people just grow the fuck up? Can people just grow up? Like, bro, why are you doing this publicly? Like, why are you doing this? Oh, it was just weird to me. I don't know the story. I don't know anything about it, but it was just odd. Sing to how old are these men? They've got to be close to forty at this point. Lupe Fiasco, especially Lupe. You know he's forty-one. Kid Cudi's got to be close to forty. Thirty-nine. You know it's just yeah, it just it was it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It was um no idea what was going to happen next. Lupe got really angry because Kid Cudi DM'd him and told him it. And Lupe's like, you didn't DM me, you're a fucking liar. And Kid Cudi posts a screenshot. He's like, you can't even accept it. Like, it just, it got real silly. So uh, I'm glad that it got squashed in the end. But it was funny, man. That's that's why it's hard to think of a world without Twitter. It really is. Because sometimes it's just fun for celebrities to get on there and lose their composure randomly and it's fucking entertaining man i had a blast i was i was i was reading it out to the person i was with and i'm like check this out like it was yeah it was it was fun it was fun it was like a little movie i think netflix should make a mini series out of that shit uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well our beefs old school we do the old school like the beef dvds like just get fucking bring them back again man bring back the bring back the dvds i'm fucking old <laughs> shit i'm old I mean, someone DVDs said still exist so. someone said that chief keith at 28 is old 
I'm like, oh dear. What am I, ancient, decrepit? Fucking hell. 28 <laughs> is not old, guys. I know someone did say that he is old considering where he came from, and we've heard a million hip-hop lyrics where it's like, you know, people making out wills at 18 and et cetera, et cetera. So I understand that perspective, but I don't think that person was saying that. I think they were just straight up saying, you're 28, so you're old. I'm like, well, wait till you hit 28, bro. You're not going to feel old. When you hit 35, yes, you fucking will. I might look 25, but I'm not 25. I feel old. Just going to let Ben sell flattery just... Uh float in the wind there um but yeah <coughs> there's actually the 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 twitter thing is interesting because i feel so out of touch yeah um, with how's some, it going sometimes it's 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 fine like i'm i'm not back on it which is good um and that's the thing right <clears throat> when when i when i said to you know uh, people that i'm you know on group chats with uh, that i was gonna do it like months before months beforehand um they they didn't doubt me you know what i mean like i've there's there's people there's people that have you know uh hopped off twitter here and there um just to i don't know decompress or just you know stay away from social media for a bit um but they took it they took it as gospel when i was like when i say i'm going off i'm going off i'm not coming back and they took it as serious as possible which is good it's good they 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 know i'm not bullshitting and you know i'm not going to go back on it because i miss uh you know seeing real time <coughs> real time uh moments right i'm not that bothered um i do feel behind on some things now when it comes to you know sports especially um i noticed i was just like getting no basketball anywhere um, and obviously I'm just on IG now and, you know, technically Reddit, but, you know, I don't really go on Reddit that much. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't, that, so I was like, where am I going to get it now? You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really, apart from podcasts, uh, a couple of basketball podcasts I've been, um, I don't really get much uh, update from that. So it was, it's kind of jarring just, uh, now and again, just, re- excuse me, just realizing that I'm not tuned into certain sex, sects, S-E-C-T-E-T-S. CTS, goddamn, can't say yes. Uh, sects, sections of a um of social media, right? Um, it's it's, it's a bit weird, but um, yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not too bothered about that. It's just something that I've uh, that I'm just realizing now and again after after you know just once a week. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. I used to get that on Twitter, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> and I kind of have to decide there and then when if I whether I actually want to be invested in that again and try and just find this somewhere else whether it be you know just via like a i don't know like a youtube channel or an ig version of that place um so yeah it's a, it's a actually now i'm thinking about that <laughs> i literally just thought of another one um so yeah it is what it is on that front i'm not too i'm i'm feeling pretty good about it um i don't think my i think i'm applying my time in better ways um but yeah, it's calm. I can't complain, bro. I can't complain. Um, I'm hitting a show on Friday. This Friday coming. Um, featuring uh, one of my favourite rappers at the moment, Insanity. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, somewhere in New Cross. And um, yeah, so that's, that's um, just random. Sh- first show of the year. First show of the year for me. Um, and uh, the next one is literally when Ben's coming um, in Ooh. Well, literally four weeks from now. Literally, literally Close, four right? weeks from now. Fucking near wild. to the day. I'm gonna be Nearly in to England in four fucking weeks, man. I'm gonna be there. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, man, looking forward to that. Got a couple of shows coming. Um, Going to do some recording, obviously. Um, got a couple of... Uh, yeah, we got we got we got some we got some stuff in mind that we're gonna do, um, but yeah, it's, 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 we're steaming ahead, steaming ahead to February, um, the coldest <laughs> the coldest time of year, um, and Ben decides to come through then. It was a mistake, not, you know. Okay, any other fucking month. The <laughs> reason why, okay, this is just a little bit of background behind. I chose that date completely randomly. And I was just like, you know what? I'll just go. Bro, you can throw a dartboard and be more, be more. Okay, but I chose a date randomly, and I told my parents about it. And we were meant to go to England in 2020. Uh, all my parents and I, it was their anniversary. We were gonna like, you know, spend some time there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I told my parents, I'm going to England in February. Blah blah blah. Nothing. No one talks about it for a couple of months. I was going through some stuff within relationship and everything. A lot of personal shit, different meds, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then two months later, my parents are like, oh yeah, so we've booked our flights. We're going to be in Ireland for three weeks, and then we'll meet up with you for the final four days in England. And I'm like, what do you mean? I don't, I'm not set on February. And they're like, well, it's too late now. You're going to have to go. So I was locked into February, and I would never have chosen it if I wasn't such an idiot. But I'm an idiot, so I'm going to freeze my fucking nutsack off. But you know. Who cares, man? I'll be fine. I'll just, I'm, I'm trying to put on weight for the next month. I'm just like shoveling <laughs> fucking peanut butter and butter into my mouth. I'm like, I need something. Look how skinny I'm. I need something on these organs. I'm going to freeze. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'd, be, it'd probably be worth just getting some base layers if I'm being real. I've got thermals already. I'm going to be thermal the yeah, fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, with that said... Ladies and gentlemen, we shall leave it there from the 5EPN. It's been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Charlie Taylor, the fifth element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Speaking of three parters, Oof. we have a three parter coming in we the got next a three weeks. We got a fucking buckle banger. Buckle banger. Buckle up. Buckle up. That's all we have to say. It's not crazy. But until then, we hope you have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time. Take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of media games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Hot Music for the biddy to use. Socials for Phenom Hip Hop by Numbers Bonus Points and Chill Music will be the full show notes as well as the names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a 5 VPN production. Thanks for spending time with us. And we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.